Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm your host, Rob Elba. It's wonderful having you all here. Once again, I have a cup of coffee in front of me. It's early afternoon here because I'm talking to someone all the way across the pond. I'd like to welcome returning guest, singer-songwriter, producer uh, from the north of Scotland. Uh, his main musical project is the Joshua Hotel. Uh, and he also plays lead guitar and sings in the Scottish alternative rock band Lionel. Like the welcome back to the show, Josh McKenzie. Welcome back, Josh. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Yes. Josh, uh, a while back, he did Interpol's uh, first album, Turn On The Bright Lights. And that's how I got to know him. And uh, yeah, the, uh, I remember, I think when you did that, you had just started your other project, the Joshua Hotel, or that was kind of newer, right? It was 2007, you said, I'll race you to heaven But I always knew you were too good to be Crashing down the same streets as me Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, yeah, the first kind of... Yeah, I'd probably only been releasing music for about six months okay. under under that project. Yeah, and, and yeah, I've been following that, and it's really good stuff. I mean, it's just really great stuff, and uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I would recommend people checking it out. I'll have his profile on there. What's the best place if someone just wants to check it out? See what's the best place for them to go? Probably, well, well Spotify, um, Instagram. We've got a Facebook page and an Instagram. Um, also. I put a little link to you, it's a link tree, which is just like, it's a little splash page that's got like all social media and then links to videos. And, right, and right. so anyway, and if people just are more more comfortable listening on YouTube YouTube or or Spotify, whatever, then that's that's probably the best way to go. Yep. And like I said, it's great stuff and not, uh, not far off from the record we're going to be discussing now, I would say, right? Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. I'd have to... I'd, admit that <laughs> yep all right well that's that's awesome what, so what are we talking about today we're talking about uh, metronomy's the english riviera from 2011 yes and as josh uh, i just we were just talking before and i told him i had never heard of this band before and he wasn't surprised so you said you weren't surprised but i thought it was because i was old but he said no it's because i'm from america and so i guess they're <laughs> they're well known they're more well known in in europe i would imagine yeah, yeah, they're they're really big in like France and and other parts of Europe and, and yeah, obviously the UK. But they they definitely have a presence in in America. They do tour America, but it's like they're very much like still a a very kind of indie band in right. the most traditional sense of the world in the word. Right, and and they're almost it's it's almost like not a band because it you could say it's a project. So who's tell us a little about uh, Metronomy? Who's who's the main guy? So the main guy is the is Joseph Mount. Uh, he's been well. It's, it's essentially his his um, yeah, his brainchild. He started the band by just producing songs in his bedroom entirely by himself, and then it was when he wanted to play live that he decided to get his cousin uh, Oscar Cash uh, and a school friend called Gabriel Stebbing, I believe his name was. They joined the band, so they went out as like a three piece and just kind of played these really kind of glitchy electronic songs that he'd written in his bedroom sort of as far back I think as 2005 was when they kind of started to become like a presence in the English or British uh, sort of music scene. Right and um, when did you so uh, when did they come across your radar at first? It was probably like um, it was probably like 2014 again a little bit late to the party with this band as well oh, okay. which is okay. the same with Interpol. Right. I, I'd kind of um, I remember hearing a single that came out in like 2014 called uh, Aquarius. Just one fight and just one anniversary. 
So I never thought you'd be the one to up and leave You said our love was written in the stars But I never paid attention to my charts And now I see how quick you must want to forget Cause you left the ring I bought you with your cigarettes Well I can finish up if you don't want them And I can take the ring back where I got it from I can love it which is like this little kind of um, laid back kind of electronica song about like uh, star signs and I remember thinking like that's a really cool like funky little pop song but I kind of I was like it's a bit too quirky for me you know I was I was a, I was a real brooding kind of Interpol fan you know so okay, I didn't really okay. it was too it was too flamboyant for me right right at the time. Right. Yeah, and, and I guess the earlier, from what I dove in a little, the earlier stuff, because this is the, the third album already, right? And, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess this this feels, I guess at this point, uh, the Gabriel Stepping guy had left, but he is on some of the tracks playing bass. But they have, is, uh, yeah. they have kind of a like a band together at this point, right? They have Anna Pryor and... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the first album where like the, the, the lineup that Metronomy fans know and love today was really formed. Okay. This is like right. the... Yeah. Um, so Anna Pryor, I think she only really plays drums on one or two tracks. And then there's maybe some backing vocals and stuff. Right, right. But she was new. She was new to the band, and then she's when they're playing live. She's their drummer. But he, yeah, this guy Joseph can pretty much do anything on his own, right? Yeah, he. Uh, there's an album after it, um, not the follow up, but the one after it, which is called Summer Await. Sorry, I'm just going to do this one entirely by myself. <laughs> Which, and it's a great album, but it definitely has a different feel. Like, it, it definitely does feel like a more, like, solitary project. Like, right. you can hear it in the music. You know? Yeah. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't know that until, uh, until afterwards, after, after listening to it. And, and so there, there's definitely is... A, yeah, they, they, even in the studio, it's, I think it's nice when he, when he gets uh, Olu, Olu Abenga, uh, who's the bass player as well, and right, Anna Pryor. Right. Yeah, so they're both in the band now. They're both still core members of the live band and still play on the albums. Right, right. And yeah, that, yeah, that's the same thing with me. I agree. I, you could sort of hear the band, even if it is a track where he happens to be playing drums on it too, which, by the way, he's great. He's like a great drummer. But yeah. you just get a more band feel on this one, that it is a band making music, which I don't know, for something that's appealing to me for sure. I just, and, mm -hmm. and yeah, like you said, it's maybe so you didn't even know about it, but you, you kind of felt that anyway, as opposed to the earlier stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and and there's I was so my reference point. I'm listening to it at first, and by the way, I I, I already told Josh that this record's great, and I think the band's great, and I've really been enjoying listening to it. Uh, there's a very uh, detached, there's a detached sheen to it. Much the comparison I got was Steely Dan. Yes. 
right? Yeah, okay. that, yeah, yeah. That that cropped up a lot. I think. Um, I think the bass player Olua said when he kind of came on board and he was sort of given the, the, the songs to learn, he said, "This sounds like a cross between Daft Punk and the Eagles." <laughs> okay, right, right, yeah. Which she, which I think summed it up perfectly. You know, as a kind of yeah. So. It is, yeah. That's good. That's good. And also, yeah, that's very that's a good uh, juxtaposition, like Steely going Steely Dan to the Eagles, because I, even though I can appreciate, I, I know the Eagles have some great songs and they're great players. But and mm-hmm. and I used that when I was a young punk, I hated Steely Dan too. I just hated it. <laughs> but at some point, I don't know what had happened. I just all of a sudden loved Steely Dan, and I think yeah. it's because of that detached feel and that meticulous way the songs are crafted that it all gets under your skin. And that's kind of like yes. this record too. It all it all gets under your skin, right? Yeah, infectious melodies and just well put together structures yeah. and and, right. and quirk, quirkiness. I think is, exactly. is something that's prevalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the quirkiness—that's what uh, really appeals to me on this record—is that some of these songs, uh, they just have these little quirky parts in it, and that kind of stick in your head and get under your skin. Another uh, electronic project that I heard comparison to because this, this is something that I was a fan of right when they came out was Management. Management. MGMT. Yes, I, I just I've, I've never I'd never. Referred to them as management. I don't know if they call themselves MGMT or management. I always just said ma- MGMT, yeah. I'm going to go out on a whim and say I think it's MGMT. I That that's that's completely that is a band that I would like I would definitely or project band whatever that definitely I'd draw a parallel as being like almost an American American equivalent. Right, that's what I, yeah, yeah exactly that's what I felt and and they're great too and I really I remember right I was right away they had they did it I think an EP first and then they did a record but yeah I was on board with them right away just because it's just, yeah again at the end of the day you still got to have good songs right yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah right right and and they definitely do. And almost, I mean, would you think this uh, album is a concept at all? Yeah. Right? Uh, loosely. Loosely. Loose, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Because I think when looking into a lot of it, I, ha- I mean, generally over the years, I've read a lot of stuff on this album, watched interviews and stuff. I think what he, he had been in California, obviously on tour, uh, Joseph Mount. Right. And he said he felt some similarities to the West Coast of, of America, uh, the same as where he's from, which is uh, a small a town called Totnes, which is on the coast in in, well, in an area that's referred to as the English Riviera. It's right, like the holiday right. makers sort of that sort of uh, coast of of England. Right. And and I think the idea he had was that he would write these songs for a more imaginative version of the town that he's from, where there's a little bit more decadence. There's maybe some hedonism in the in the nightclubs, and it's just a more of a fanciful version of the town that he lives in. And this right. and the, these these songs he was writing were kind of like to be the, the songs that you would maybe hear in the in the lounge or, or or here in the club at night. And yeah, so it was yeah that is that I think was his sonic concept for the album. I would say yeah, and I think it's really I think it's really good. He did a good job. It's successful because you can as uh, as I listened to it a couple of times, I realized oh a lot of this is kind of you know cheeky and uh, taking the piss a little out of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he is exaggerating it, but also he did want to pay homage to where to where he he's from and where he came from, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you've totally hit the nail on the head. It's a bit cheeky. It's it's not too, it's not cynical. It's not like trying to make a big statement exactly. socio-politically or anything like that. Right. It's just a, a nice, yeah, yeah, and nice also vibing and the, album. Yeah, and there's some other stuff going on there as far as, remember I said the detachment. There's also something, I, I have no idea about this guy or anything, but I get the sense that maybe he's someone that's not that maybe good at making connection, personal connections and has a little detachment. And some of these, I think, play into that as well. I don't know. That, that could just be me, but that's what I... Yeah, he he's... Uh... He's, I mean, I wouldn't say he's uncomfortable and awkward in inter- interviews, but he's, I mean, and, and especially when he was younger, I would say that Joseph Mount's not really, really gregarious and, and full of charisma. Right, I mean, right, he, right. he's um, definitely I mean, he's incredibly intelligent in, his, in terms of like his, uh, you know, his, his musical glossary of references and stuff like that. And he's one of the most exciting producers from, from the UK, I'd say, in the past 15, 20 years. He's worked with lots of lots of other artists, most notably probably Robin, the Swedish pop star. Oh, OK. Um, he produced the majority of her last album. But but yeah, definitely, I think he's kind of quite a reserved person, I would say. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, one of these yeah. guys that still waters run deep, you would say, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. All right, so let's uh, yeah, let's get into this record. I won't. I'll, I'll play the opener in the beginning, probably the English Riviera, which is just like a pretty pastoral opener. It sounds like yeah. you know you're outside, and it's got some violin, really pretty violin from Harriet Wheeler. Uh, but yeah. then, and, and then it like morphs right into uh, this track, which we'll listen to it. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of "We Broke Free." Nice 
opener and and you know one thing that's great uh i love when someone brings a record like you you said all right this is the record we're gonna do and i can't you know i have to finish the episode i'm doing before before i start listening to it so i'm coming in cold yeah never heard this before so i start it and and i don't know what's gonna happen at first i hear this pastoral stuff and i don't know maybe it's gonna be in electronic right you know totally electronic or just with things like that and then when it kicks in when you get the drums and you hear oh okay there's a real that's a real drummer there and that's a guitar and uh it's just it's just uh it's great you know the, to get that surprise the first time when we're i don't know what it's going to sound like and then oh okay this is cool i like this <laughs> i can actually totally relate because that is actually the experience i had with the album as well because um as i said i'd, I'd only i'd only really known of them because of a few singles i'd heard right right I, I and you know it's the usual thing you don't really know what bands like back catalogue you know what's going to what's going to spring up on you right so i didn't know i didn't know what metronomy were as like an album band so i stuck on the cd a, a friend of mine duncan who's also my dentist nice. uh, give, him a wee, give, him a, give him a wee shout out he's not yeah, my dentist a, he was my dentist duncan when i was a kid but dentist, awesome. <laughs> he he gave me this massive box of cds because he's just he switched to vinyl and he's not bought a cd in like 10 years and i have a car that's got a cd player in it and i mentioned this one night and he gave me this massive box nice and the, the first three metronomy albums were in that box and so i just stuck it on i was just going through cds and i was just purposely picking cds that he'd given me that i was like i haven't i've heard of them but i'll, I'll, I'll stick it on and see what happens and i stuck that, so, that album on one morning driving to work and yeah, I was like, when that, that kicked in, it, it not just drawing a parallel for the sake of it here, but it actually had a similar impact as Untitled on the Interpol album. It's 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 ambiguous, but it's also once it kicks in, you're like it's kind of got a deep kind of it's got a nice groove. Yeah, and that, it's that's just it. Kind of, yeah, it's got that groove, and this especially, it's 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 got that. I don't know. I guess it's I would say like like a chill vibe to it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just it never really goes much further beyond that kind of you know second gear, but it's the bass driving it is enough to give it like a, a nice attitude. Yeah, right. And it's very sparse. You know, the lyric, there's not many lyrics, but again, he's singing. It's sort of about someone sort of dreaming of a drinking, breaking free, maybe breaking free of, of their town they're from and, yeah. you know, towards some glorious future. But they're kind of, you know, he's kind of playing it up like, thank God the gold is mine, you could sing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I don't actually know what what he means by that. I think it's just like if you picture standing up uh, on on a hilltop, looking over on your town, and just saying, you know, to someone next to you, "Thank God the gold is mine." Like it's totally, you know, uh, pulling it out of your ass and just ma- making fun of the whole thing. You know, like, right, like okay. all this, all this is mine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not any, and it's not anything that great that anyone else would. <laughs> would call gold, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah for sure. So the, yeah, that, that's kind of what I got. 
Um, yeah, but it's great. It's a good opener, too, because it gets kind of crazy at the end. It's got the uh, guitar, like a really great uh, guitar lead, and then some synth leads, right? And and it gets yeah. noisy, kind of noisy and crashy. And, yeah. And, yeah, really good. Lots of feedback on a synth and maybe a delay pedal as well, kind of right, doing right. like infinite repeats. And, and I also think it's a good opener to the album. It's kind of just a nice little introduction. It's got some elements that are going to, you know, it's foreshadowing some elements exactly. in terms of yeah, the synths that's what I and put, stuff. Yeah, I said it's almost a proof of concept for the rest of the record. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. this is what you're going to get coming up because uh, it's just a uh, produced, like you said, he's he's a producer. He's a great producer because this album is produced like so great, right? There's so many yeah. great little touches, uh, production touches that you may not notice at first, but on repeated listens, you go, oh, wow. You know, you could see there the uh, craft that was put into it, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely agree, yeah. Yep. All right, so this is so now Everything Goes My Way is a, is a duet. He's got a guest vocalist, uh, Roxanne Clifford. And yep. uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's great. Listen to everything goes my way. Joseph, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love the way it's like this, like little uh, sweet little love duet. But it's still, it's got that detachment to it because it's almost like there she's doing her part, and then he comes in. But neither of them sound that emotionally into it, invested in it. It sounds very matter of fact, you know. And uh, yeah, it's great though. I I love it. But it's definitely, I feel like that's more of the uh, cheekiness that we were talking about. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like a sort of bored relationship or yes, something exactly. like that. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, I really like a, a theme that I'll touch on, which seems very obvious, but there's a, a real Englishness to this album. Yeah, which... right. That's true. It is. Yeah, it is obvious. But no, it's true. That was like one of the first things I said. This is an album that could only be done by an English band. And it's yeah, it has yeah. it all over it. Yeah. And it's like, it's got, it's a similar thing you see with like XTC stuff and, and yeah. Blur, like or some the, other uh, sort of... Kinks, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, probably without knowing it as, as a Brit, as someone who's grown up around this music, 
like there's there is actually strong elements to like yeah the kinks and the beatles even in the way it's kind of like the the, the feel and the rhythm of that song right Exactly. And also, I actually think that this song always reminds me a little bit of Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. Um, I know it sounds, sounds a little bit left field, but I know that Joe Mount is, is a huge Queens of the Stone Age fan. And it's just, I, I mean, I'm not up to, up to scratch on music theory, but it's, it's the kind of, um, I don't know, it's, is, it, is it Byzantium or something? The, the kind of, which is a, a kind of style that Josh Homme always goes for. It's not always bright and, and major. Well, it is major, but it still sounds kind of dark, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay. That so makes sense. Yeah, I see. It's like maybe if Queens of the Stone Age were to do a song like this, like sort of, again, like a, yeah. like a stripped-down love thing, it could be in the same style. That Okay, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds ominous. The chord progression is ominous, I think. Right, well, that's it. That's it. It has that little undertone, which is like mm-hmm. a skill, like I mentioned, Steely Dam before, the same thing. A lot of songs they still sound one way but they have this sinister slightly sinister under yes yeah, sin- sinister that's it as well yeah definitely yeah definitely. which is definitely queens of the stone age josh on as well so yeah that's yeah good. okay that's fair that's fair we'll <laughs> accept that josh we'll, uh, we'll accept <laughs> <laughs> we'll accept all right so the look they had a lot of sing- so i noticed they had like four singles from this record so obviously this was something that that's played there that was it's, it's sometimes it's hard for me to gauge it like just because i could just be out of it and this could be like a really popular band but i i guess they're popular in in certain areas certainly like you said in europe more in europe than here yeah yeah definitely and, and probably uh, sort of parts of the south america as well like brazil and argentina ah, and stuff okay. All right, so yeah. this uh, so this next one, which was the second single, the look, this uh, to me had uh, pulp vibes. I don't know. Are, are you a fan of pulp or? I I'm not like a huge fan of pulp, but really, I mean, aware of them. Right. Um, I've, but, I've listened to a different class like a lot, and um, all right. Well, there's a song on uh, a different class that has a very uh, similar feel to this with the keyboards, with right? Those okay. Keyboards and everything for sure. Yeah. I'll play yeah. a little bit under in the episode, but uh, let's listen to this one. Let's listen to a little bit of the look. about the little production things like when that guitar that great little guitar figure comes in the keyboards which were very light they all of a sudden get louder you know things mm-hmm. like boost up and he he does that a lot he plays around with the volume of things almost where you would think a normal producer would say oh no that's you you turn that up too much you know uh and i think he does obviously he's doing that on purpose for effect yeah 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 i which to be honest with you i hadn't noticed before i never like i never really 
been super aware of it, but it probably it's giving it a dynamic shift. That, exactly, that, and and there's yeah. a, there's a, a couple other songs uh, on here that we'll get to that he does sort of the same thing. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's it's great. And all right, so lyrically though, again, he's singing sort of about where he came from and not wanting to like lose sight of where he came from, right? Yeah, I guess so. Or or also, but maybe simultaneously feeling a little bit trapped, or 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 maybe he's ref- referencing a conversation with someone where they're feeling a bit stuck in the town or something. Yeah, when they say you'll never get uh, anything better than this because you're going around in yeah. circles and everyone knows your trouble. Um, yeah. yeah, but but the the kicker is at the end of the each chorus he says this town's the oldest the friend oldest of friend mine. of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of I'm, a sweet sentiment, yeah, right? No, but, but yeah, it really I, is. I see what you're saying. It could, it's like a double edged sword, right? Yeah, definitely. And and I think this is possibly the most heartfelt song on the album. It's the one where you know we said this is quite a light hearted album overall, it or is. certainly not cynical or. Or anything like that, but but this one's the one. It's where it's, it's it's quite. It does hit a nerve a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. And 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 obviously, you won't really be too aware of this, but this song is is been like ubiquitous in the UK for like this is one of their. They've got probably four or five big songs that like sort of passive listeners will know, uh, and this is one of them. This is one of their big songs. This oh, is like a, okay. Yeah, it's been in. You know, it was, it's just when it, since it came out, it's, I was always knew this song, even right. I didn't even know it was metronomy. It's exactly. just a song, you and know, <laughs> it's a sound, as a sound bite, you know, it's just, yep, you know, you. that, yeah. And the, the, the pulp song I was thinking of is Feeling Called Love. That's it from a different Feeling song. Called Love. What is Oh, definitely. Yeah. And he does, I think he does, I'm, I'm imagining he has to be a fan of uh, Jarvis Cocker and Pulp. And uh, there's a couple of other little musical uh, winks he puts on this album, which we'll get to for sure. I think, de- yeah, I think definitely with Pulp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And with, yeah, some other ones. All right, so this next one, this next one she wants was the lead single off the record. And this one, uh, darker, has a little darker sound. And the guitars, the way they are, give it kind of like a trance, trancey vibe for me, I think. Yeah. Yep. Let's listen to a little bit of She Wants. Tired. 
Did you read at all or read into what this song is about or what he was getting at? I think it's basically about like um, his girlfriend being asleep and him being awake and him right. imagining what he'd do if he was in the bed with her. Right, basically. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and it's good because like I said, it kind of has that feel, that feel of like someone, you know, you're, you're, you're up late worrying about things awake and someone's blissfully unaware of everything and just sleeping away, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's just so charming i think it's like there's lots of charm on this record in that song even though it's kind of quite dark when it comes to the song right. starts. That, that's what i was saying but it's still got you know what's funny you know one thing all right you you brought in queens of stone age so i'm allowed to bring in this reference which yeah okay. which doesn't make any sense but we've done a couple <laughs> albums by ween i don't know if you're familiar at all with the band ween. ween i've heard the name for sure but all right this sounds to me like a song ween would do they do a lot their whole thing is they do songs in the style of other songs they'll write but they'll do it it's done really well if they were going to do sort of play up some twee British band, you know, aloof British band, they would do a song yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. It sounds like them doing it almost. <laughs> and they would do the accents and everything, you know, so that's what it yeah. reminded me. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, got you. <laughs> now, I was going to ask you, so you got to see, you had this CD in your car. Did it become, like right away, did it become something that you kept listening to and, and really just kept listening to and then just got into it right away? Or did yeah. you go, come back to it? No, I got into it like straight up. I mean, it's weird. Like my my friend, my best friend Ross had played me the album before this, Nights Out, in his car. And I really liked it. I was like, this is, but it's so different. It's like, it's, I I honestly thought when I listened to that album that like Metronomy are like this glitchy electro duo. It's a boy and a girl. But actually it was just Joe Mount was hiding his voice with lots of like high pitched, you know, uh, falsetto stuff. Um, and but I always said it's like a band over the years always said I must get into them so uh, the time came and 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 I, I just I really clicked it was like yep I really like this band I'm ready for it right and that, that <laughs> CD stayed in the in, in my CD player for I mean it still goes I mean it's been two years I, I it was about two years ago it was right at the start of lockdown that I, I kind of um, found this album and uh, and it completely it honestly, was the single most uh, or biggest inspiration for my but the project, the Joshua Hotel. Not necessarily in style completely, but just right, the nature right. of which he makes music. Yeah. I was like, I, just, I, I, the fact that, like you've said, it sounds nice and wholesome like a band, but it's still kind of a one-man project, you know. So, right. I just um, and it, and it's not there's not big huge. It's no big huge production. It doesn't sound like it's been produced by like flood or something oh like no that. no you no know, yeah like, they're really sparse at times and just like like we keep saying you know just very well done and put together you know someone that yeah. knows not to throw the kitchen sink at everything and not to necessarily throw effects a lot of the, the vocals a lot of time are pretty like dry and right up yeah close, nice right? and dry and yeah real close yeah, yeah 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 which is which is great i love stuff like that all right, so this next one, Trouble, this has got like a pretty, really pretty, sort of unexpected for me, a guitar intro to it, uh, which yeah. d- doesn't sound like much anything else on the record, but it's really nice. And then it leads, it leads right into this little, uh, like a really clever, uh, a troubled love song, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great, though. Let's listen to a little bit of Trouble. Stay in I 
just faded out before, but there, there's a part where he goes, you know, I know it's true. I'm loving you. Uh, he goes, oh, no, not again. You hear what that's from, right? Oh, no, not again. Oh, no, not again. Yeah, it's from uh, Ashes to Ashes, Bowie. I mean, from it's, Bowie, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, and he yeah. sort of, yeah, he had to do it on purpose because he's sort of saying it the way Bowie says it here in Ashes to Ashes. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. I, mean, I love that. <laughs> also, yeah, I mean, whether that or not, that's like unintentional, but definitely like the way he's phrased it and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I don't want to go out. You don't want to stay in. I, I guess we're going to argue again. So this could be that couple from the other thing. But of course, already they're arguing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it could it, it, it could also suggest that, you know, you get couples that are sometimes they argue a lot, but they're just kind of solid. So yes. it's almost like it, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's like there's heartbreak on the horizon. It's right. Just kind yeah, of like, exactly. Yeah. It's more of like just a little trouble. I think that's why it's trouble. Oh, little, little trouble here. A darling or oh, darling, you know, uh, yeah, don't yeah. you know, I, I love you. So, you know, so they're, yeah, they're, exactly, they're going to work yeah. through it. And then, so he's got uh, a, a different uh, female singer, Marion Kassan comes in Kassan, uh, yeah. Yeah, with, with some French in the outro, right? That's actually my favorite part in the whole it's song. Real. Not to say that I dislike everything else, but it's like that. It's just that's the, the so lovely when that just washes over you. Well, they have some songs on this record. They do that. They kind of shift gears towards the end, right? And they give you yeah. this like really great ending that even that elevates it. Yeah, and this one does. How good is your French, uh, Josh? Do you, do you know what she's kind of saying at the end here? I have no idea. Okay, I can't well, even. I can't even make it out. It's just. Do you, have you had a listen? Or how, how about it's you? not. How well, from what I got, which isn't perfect, I don't think, but it could be. It's not the see to drink, but I'm not everywhere. Let's see. Don't worry. Let's forget about it and let's not talk about it anymore. Or something like that, that. makes sense. Right? That makes it, sense. It does sort of yeah. Work yeah. In the song. Okay. <laughs> Good but, effort, man. That's yeah, you. fair play. Well, that's my job, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, stylistically, this one again, it's kind of like almost like ELO uh, with the you know the vocoder ah, thing. ELO is another. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but that's good. That's another good uh, reference point to someone that I would yeah. think he him being a fan of. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. There's it's, there's just lots of like or, or even really early Thin Lizzy, like pre kind of like Boys Are Back in Town, like where there were a wee bit more kind of I guess, I guess kind of soft rock um yes. oh, yeah, yeah yeah right well, all right well josh i'm glad you brought up thin lizzie because we can we gotta take a sidetrack real quick because am i just imagining this or did i recently see a video of you playing on stage with some members of thin lizzie that's that's that happened right it did happen <laughs> it, well it, I, I need to cl- completely uh, clarify the, the details because so the, the bass player that I played with is a chap called Marco Mendoza, and he he played in the Thin Lizzy when they started playing live again after Phil Lynott died. Right, okay. So he, he was put in charge of kind of taking care of all the bass lines. Obviously, Phil Lynott was a bass player and singer. Yeah. Uh, so, but he was, yeah, he, he played with the band uh, with all their uh, um, other original members who were still part of the band, Brian Downey, the drummer, Scott Gorham, the guitar player, and John Sykes, who was the, la- the last guitar player in Thin Lizzy, he kind of, for the majority of the tours, he was a singer and guitar player. Right. Uh, so, but Marco, he also played with like uh, White Snake and uh, Journey. Um, so he's like a, he's a, you know, a real top cat when it comes to like session musician. Right. You right, know, in, right. in the world of rock. Uh, he's a really, really lovely guy. And I'd played with him before, a few years ago. We did, uh, whenever he plays up in the Highlands. 
Uh, I have a friend who kind of takes takes care of some of his pro- promotional staff, and they've got they got me along to do a couple of Thin Lizzy songs with them last time he was up, and then there was a, a big rock festival in Inverness on last week, and and I went up and did a, a couple of songs with him. Yeah, how awesome is that? That's amazing. <laughs> it was really cool. I mean, I I saw this guy play with Thin Lizzy when I was five years old. Yeah, like my I, dad I saw took you had me to that in there. So that's that, that's great. That's that's. Just... So yeah, that was a blast. I'm yeah. good, good. I'm glad we got that in there because I, I totally may have forgotten to uh, bring it up and I really want to. Yeah, um, I've got this alter ego as like a cock rock guitar player as well. Yeah, I just, fine, I, I've, I, just, I just love, I love, you know, yeah. I was saying the, was it the um, Diary of a Madman episode was one of my favorites. Oh, you nice. Guys did. Nice. Randy Rhodes is like one of my favorite guitar players. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you're you're seeing Thin Lizzy at five. That's that's uh, that's pretty badass <laughs> right there. Who, who who was taking you to see Thin Lizzy when you were five? My, my dad. My dad's oh, okay. a my dad's a rock guitar player. So like you oh, know, like, nice. that's why okay. I was kind of that's I was great. I hadn't I was cursed from birth basically. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so the Bay, this, like we said, this was the song, I guess, that he's sort of writing. You said he, he went to California, Los Angeles, and people, American groups write songs about, like, Los Angeles and Hollywood, so he wanted to write something about his hometown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. While uh, taking the piss a little out of those type of songs. Uh, it's, yes. Yeah, it's great, though. Let's listen. Tongue, tongue in cheek, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely tongue in cheek. Let's listen to the Bay. So for someone who didn't know, but you know, like, so where did you say he's from? Actually, what is it called? It's called Totnes. It's oh. in um, Devon. Devon oh, okay. is the kind Devon. of So it's yeah, not area. really the kind of place that someone will be bragging, this ain't Paris, this, is, this isn't London, you know. <laughs> but if yeah, you want to go, yeah. I'll take you back. Um, yeah, that uh, it's great, though. I love it. So th- this song, this is, again, probably one of their biggest songs. Oh, um, okay. Okay. That makes m- sense. Maybe. Maybe it wasn't like a hit when it came out, but it, it's like like live. I don't think they would ever dare play a gig without playing this song live. Uh, it's well, just like it's a real big kind of real disco feel to it. So yeah, it's kind of, it, it really translates live. Yep. And, and that's great because that's kind of he achieved his goal because he wanted to make an anthem, right? Sort of like an anthem for the, the Bay, the English River Riviera. And he kind of did, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. And 
This one, I think, is probably the one that maybe harks back uh, to the the previous album, that original kind of more like glitchy electronic or more more dance orientated influence that he he's always had. Right, and and him and him doing most of it because I'm listening. I was listening to the bass and I'm thinking, wow, that's some funky bass that's driving it. And I look, yeah. and of course, uh, that's him playing it. <laughs> Yes, it's so weird. It's, so, it's also locked in. It sounds like it's like three guys in a room exactly, who, are, right. who, are, who have been playing for years. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I would say this one very, very quickly. I'll go slightly off course, um, but there was a, a a scene in the UK in the mid to late noughties called New Rave, and it was kind of figureheaded by a band called Plaxons who Metronomy played on tour with. It was really cool, really kind of, it was influenced by like 80s dance and, and, and rave in the 90s with kind of modern sort of indie rock guitars. Oh, okay. And so I think, and, and, a, and a, a big producer that was kind of in and around that time um, was kind of on the rise was a guy called Errol Alpan, who's gone on to produce like Duran Duran, you know, he produces bands as well as being like a DJ and producer himself. Right. And I think this is the one that's most in that kind of that world. I think okay. of like still having like an, a sort of electronic dance music quality to it, like to a bit quite electro. So like with some of the, the synth sounds, like it's like, you know, there's lots of loops in the chorus. There's that, that nice droning loop that's just pulsing through it. Right. So that's definitely the most dancey, dancey number on the album, I'd say. Yep. And, and, and I think maybe they did it in sequencing the record. They put this next one, Loving Arm, after it because this also has kind of a throwback feel electronic maybe more to his uh electronic roots i feel like yeah definitely 100 percent. yeah that's the other one it's kind of got a really yeah subby bass which we'll get into yep let's listen to it right now let's do a little bit of loving arm <laughs> I, I like some of the lyrics. I, in particular, I never get too close. I like to get results. Yes, right. That's maybe someone who's maybe maybe he's thinking about someone who would frequent the bay as being like a like a 
a, a quite a cold clinical professional person right. who doesn't get attached to things yes. to people as very kind of materialistic um, attachments more than than any like bonds with with it yeah, yes. that have anything deeper to them. Yep. But I I I I like the lyrics in terms of I think that like what I would say for um, the lyrics throughout the album is they're not like incredibly deep, you know. Right. But oh yeah, for sure, yeah. But I think he's good at making like they're neat and tidy and they, they, they just sound good. They're, they're, they're hooky lyrics, even oh, yeah. though they're maybe not necessarily always saying anything particularly profound. Right. Uh, so, and I would say on this, this, this song, I mean, I don't think I, I've listened to it for like a couple of years and I don't think I ever really even analyzed the lyrics until I sat down in the past week to really right. take a deeper look. <laughs> right. And you're like, what was he talking about? But it's, yeah, I, I would say it's still, it's still, there's, there's just, a, they complement the vibe still. Sometimes that's it. It just has to sound good, you know? Sometimes it does. And then that's an, that's an art in itself, you know? Because bad lyrics will stick out, you know? If it's something, yes. if it's bad, it'll be hokey and it'll stick out to you. So these aren't that at all. Yeah, definitely. And I think he's, and as, and as we said, he, they're not they're not hugely deep but he's been authentic because i don't think he really felt like he had anything really profound to say so right. it, that's what they're still charming they're charming yeah, exactly the worst real. is someone that thinks they have something profound to say and then then goes on and on about those it those bad lyrics yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Th those are the worst <laughs> exactly. yeah yeah all right so this next one corinne corinne is that how we pronounce it Co corinne is corinne. i suppose it, you, yeah, Kareem. Yeah, one of my favorite yeah. songs on this record. I love this Yeah, song. it's a real fan favorite, this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's play it and then we'll talk about it. Devo, definitely a little Devo vibe to me with the creepy yeah. keyboards. And this is another one, Josh, that uh, with the keyboards. For no reason, they all of a sudden get louder in the song and it's really yeah. effective. Uh, all right, let's listen to a little bit. Of it. Oh, Kareem. I've got a pain in my heart. for me is a earworm that's just, just that whole keyboard part and and yeah you see what i'm saying it gets louder almost to the point where it's uh, distorted and and yeah that's a very devo thing where they would manage to make these simple keyboard things which could be innocuous innocuous sounding sound sinister end up having like a sinister feel. yeah definitely definitely yeah it's um yeah, it's menacing, I'd yeah, say. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely, yeah. All right, now, uh, Corinne, at, fir at first I'm thinking, okay, he's singing about a girl, but is he singing about a girl? What is he singing about? Well, apparently he's singing about a gun. Yeah, that, that's what I read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is kind of peculiar, but um, 
Yeah, fair enough. I've uh, got, yeah, and and then when you read the lyrics and you get into it, you're like, oh yeah, that's actually really clever, and it makes it because he's sort of playing around with it. Like, is it a girl? Is it a gun? Right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a, it's a good little. I don't know. I, I maybe a, a a metaphor for for wanting to approach someone as well as maybe a, a gun. I don't know. Just uh, right. But but yeah, I, yeah. I, I again, I one where I never really paid much attention to the lyrics. Uh, for a while right. uh, because i guess because the, the the synths are so yeah earwormy that that, that kind are, of grabs yeah. your attention oh, like the, sure. there is there's no chorus really for a while no it's right right fir- exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> but but i was never really even aware of that i didn't think oh this song doesn't have a chorus because it's so infectious when those those synths come in that's it. Yeah, um, that's true. And and I always love that. I love when songs play around with a uh, form and you don't even care. You yeah, you don't miss yeah, it because because uh, they're so well done, well, well written. Definitely. And it's a quite a peculiar lineup on this song. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, Anna, she's playing drums on it. Anna Prior, right? She is playing drums, and uh, Olubenga Adela Khan is playing bass on it. I think that's maybe the only song he plays bass in the album. I'm right. not sure. But Gabriel Stebbing plays the guitar solo. So oh, they're all okay, bass nice. player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, you know, he's friends with Joseph Mount. He just, I think he just wanted to kind of do his own thing. He's a producer himself. And right. I think he'd actually left the band a full like two years before this album. Oh, so okay. I think it was like, it was kind of just, he had time to come back in and do some bits on the album. So I think that's quite nice. You know, they're just, they're, it's, there's absolutely no, it wasn't like a breakup of any kind. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so the whole last, the last three songs I really like. I love how that whole album ends, and this is the next to the last song, "Some Written," which is another great song. And I, all right, I'm gonna start it. But true story, when it started, I was imagining uh, Peter Murphy coming in singing "White on White, Translucent Black" because it's the same beat as uh, Bellhouse, as a uh, Bella Lugosi's which... Dead. Uh, in "Some Written," listen to it. Just, just listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely very, very strange, this one. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. 
it almost kind of has these like there's this old English fairground kind of carousel sort of right. It's it, it okay. is very res- resorty sounding. Right. Um, Blur have a have a track. It's at the very end of Park Life called Lot. 105 I can't remember what it's called it's like the last song on Park Life right because I don't really I never I actually never really listened to it but it's 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 got um yeah it's got a similar kind of like that sort of uh, calypso feel to it right and it's it's just something that just makes you think of British seaside towns yeah you know? right um, which makes sense obviously for the for the record as we as you said but also it's feels about regret in a way about losing someone you know i'll send a message some written one song you left a number that's eight numbers long there's no getting over so i'm done i'll, I'll forget the number and i'm gone so those are good those are good lyrics because they're very they are. evocative but they sort of leave you hanging you know as to what's really going on definitely definitely i mean eight numbers that's because I mean, in in the UK, mobile phone numbers are usually are eleven numbers. Right. So if someone <laughs> left the wrong number. I figured, yeah, purpose. that's eight numbers long. I figured some, something's wrong with that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's worth yes, yeah, yeah, to to, to right. specify the number. And I have to. This is another like I was saying. Some of these songs sort of veer off into another land, and this one definitely does. I have to play a little bit, like the outro. I love, it's I love the outro. So good. All right, I'm just gonna play a little, then yeah. we'll talk. This is uh, the, uh, some more of the outro of summary. I said it, it, it gets under your skin right yeah absolutely it's like a kind of chaotic carnival it's it's almost it's kind of this is like something you know that englishness i was talking about yeah it's like if you think like sergeant pepper's like being for the benefit of mr kite you right. know it's it, it, <laughs> right. you know these chaotic like it's like it's kind of like a I don't know, like a yeah, really sinister British kind of theatrical thing. You know, it's it's very kind of uh, yeah, it's just it's just it's just sinister, and 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 but it's also an infectious melody as well. It's just so it is, and you hear it, and and it all sounds so loose, and the drums, and then I'm reading, and it's basically him that that uh, that guy that left his friend. He's playing bass on it, but that's it. Everything else is uh, Joseph Mount is playing. It's just Joseph else. Mount, yeah, that's, yeah. That's <laughs> I know it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Um, and this is per, perhaps a little bit harsh on the last song, but do you ever find, you, you know, you get albums where the penultimate song 
you can, in your head is the last song on the album. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I kind of agree with it because it does. It kind of goes into the, this last song, Love Underlined. And yeah, Love Underlined is kind of, yeah, it's okay, but I think it really could have ended with some written, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's give it its time to dig. Love, love Underlined. Let's listen to a little bit of almost like a throwaway it almost sounds like a throwaway but it does have that sinister menacing quality about it right as it goes on yeah i think musically it's definitely worth its salt and it definitely does belong on the album like the the synths um again they for me they reference that that kind of that british not british but like um that sort of mid-noughties electronic techno kind right, of right. vibe yeah that, that that sort of throbs it's got like that throbbing yeah uh, a pulsing like, feel to it yeah, exactly. This kind of soul wax, Errol Alcan kind of um, modern techno sort of sound. Um, I th- I, <laughs> I don't want to be too harsh in this song, but I think I would have preferred it if it was just an instrumental. Oh, Because there's okay. a brilliant melody. There's a brilliant synth melody. You know, that's that's really infectious and really uh, i see and our love is yeah because i i don't i mean in a way what what i'm getting from the lyrics is they're sort of highlighting again that sense of detachment that i think he can't seem to shake and though i'm willing babe to go all the way we could never be in love when you go you're all i'm thinking of with luck i'll get you anyway so it's like on the one hand he's saying we could never be in love but he says when you go that's all i'll be thinking of so it's like a very detached uh you know a, a detached feeling a detached way to end it so i guess maybe it's something he just felt he had to get out there john <laughs> yeah well th- that if he had gone more with that theme throughout i would have really liked it because that, that's a great lyric that the one you've just said there right then, right yeah. It, yeah it's just he's kind of but then he's kind of expressing his love for jill scott which yeah. is fine. Joe, we, you know, Joe Scott Heron yes, deserves yeah, his right, shout right. out. Yeah, but yeah. It, it just is a bit. I mean, I don't know if he's thinking because LCD Sound System group will be, undoubtedly be a big influence on Joe Mound. Uh, they have this song Daft Punk is playing at my house, at my house, and and it's a, it's a kind of tradition, oh, I suppose, okay. where people 
they have like tribute songs where right. you like you say like all your favorite artists. It's like a kind of okay. I don't know if it's a hip hop thing or right, kind right. of right. Oh, that's good. Know. So maybe he is playing on that a little too. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. I, that, that's a fair point though. As an instrumental, yeah, I think it, it could have even been more. Effective. But you know, who are we to say, right? And and also, I think it kind of is a wee gateway into their next album, Love Letters, because it's got a, you know the drum beat. It's almost got a baroque feel to it and that album was almost more stripped back it was very kind of um yeah it's this kind of similar vibe but the songs but are more sort of structured and more uh put together maybe than than love underlined okay yeah i'm gonna check it out i didn't want to do it until we did this i didn't want to i wanted to just be you know focused on this so i didn't listen to it but i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna definitely listen to it after because i was curious on what it was like but yeah. um yeah this was great and you made a fan out of me so I really uh I really appreciate it and hopefully uh some other people will discover that who uh who like this kind of thing whatever this kind of thing is right but it's <laughs> Yeah I I mean I guess if if you like new wave stuff um I there's I don't know I guess bits of pulse punk um maybe um Right but yeah it's definitely yeah i think they they they're a band that they, they do appeal to a wide range of people i think so but I'm, i'd be really curious i'm curious because i because like i said i really like steely dan now and i love them i used to hate them but i'd be curious if like a really hardcore steely dan fan would like this and appreciate this i i'm just curious so i guess i'll find yeah. out i know some of my yeah. listeners are so that'll be yeah totally yeah yeah, yeah. yeah steely dan <laughs> do have like devout fans right. and, and, so, and sometimes when a band like is influenced by a band it's like it can almost have the reverse effect exactly on though they're the like who do they think they are like it <laughs> yeah 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 uh whatever um all right josh this was great it's always great having you on so what's uh what's the latest uh thing going on with the joshua hotel what's going on so yeah basically a wee bit of downtime at the moment just of i'm working on new stuff i've got some stuff finished and ready to go but oh, okay, it probably nice. won't be released until sort of early next year because right. it's everything just kind of shuts down for for winter and christmas now yeah. and stuff so um yeah some some sort of gig announcements for next year coming up as well oh um, good alright awesome I think should be announced there's just quite a big one at the end of this week that will be announcing like a festival uh, appearance so yeah uh, nice. plenty plenty in the calendar for next year but just it's a bit we bit sort of downtime at the moment so but did yeah. you get a chance like did you use the pandemic to to write and to work on music were you doing that yeah like like furiously oh, like okay. i i've never had like such a prolonged period of like just creative fertility it was like you know it's great it was um and i've kind of longed for it since not that i absolutely no way long for another lockdown or anything like that right, but yeah just uh to just have that kind of unbroken period of time to just actually just you know to work focus, on, a, on a, yeah to focus on on one thing and to really focus yeah. on it yeah no i i get that that's great that's good that you did that as opposed to someone like me that was just crying, you know. And, uh, <laughs> oh, there was, staring, there was crying. Staring at there the wall. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, the world's over. Uh, <laughs> I just stared at the wall with a synthesizer and a, an old pad and a pen. Okay, and, nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I can't wait to hear that stuff. Uh, uh, for anyone who wants to stare at their phones, you can stare at uh, Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high is a lot of fun. You could uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm still on Twitter as we speak. At any moment, I could be removed or uh, by Elon Musk. Who knows? He's a madman. Uh, at TRGMH Podcast is my Twitter. I, you can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. Don't forget, most important, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to patreon.com forward slash 
TRJMH, but uh, whatever, just whatever you listen on, uh, please subscribe to the show. You could rate it, write a review if you want, and share it with your friends. I'd appreciate it. All right, Josh, this was awesome. Thank you, Rob. All right. We'll Pleasure. See you. We'll see you all soon. I'm Rob Elba. I'm out of here. I just walk around town so I